You're listening to The Business Marketing Show, episode number 98. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Hello, this is Ed K. Smith from The Business Marketing Show here with the co-host of the show, Mr. Brendan Tully. Hello, Brendan. How are you? Good, mate. And we have a special guest on the show today, waving her hands, Joe Botting from joebotting.com. And that's J-O, not J-O-E for those who want to have Botting Botting with two Ts. Uh, So welcome, Joe. Um, Nice to meet you today, Brendan. You too. Yes, this is the first time introduction for these guys. Uh, it's promised me lots of stories today. So Lots of stories. Uh, Joe and I have met a few years back at the Netpreneur Summit in Japan. Yes. We spent some time together. We did some sightseeing together, went inside yeah. a big Buddha together, uh, which sounds weird. From the inside. We were inside the big belly of the Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to know Joe there and we've uh, kept in touch on and off. And uh, I did have some misinformation because Joe was spending uh, some time living in Thailand for a while. And I thought she was still there. And as it ends up, she's been back in Perth for the last 18 months or so. And I didn't know. And she was completely ignoring me. So thanks, Joe. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Only truth of that story we're, we're, make, we're making up for it so joe has got a fascinating story of her entrepreneurial life in terms of what she's been working at and her uh, experience in in the digital slash online space and one of the areas this is just one she does many things but one of the areas that she has excelled in and has had very good success with is using meetups the platform meetups mm-hmm. Uh, to generate a um, well, a tribe for a bit of a name or a following and business that on uh, comes from that process. Absolutely. So we're going to we're going to find out from Joe how she does that. She runs workshops on how to do it as well. So there's something people can always go and learn from Joe. Uh, and she's also going to be talking about her future of uh, online course creation that she'll be doing in 2019. So we'll, we'll catch up with Joe about that stuff later. But first of all, Joe, yes, like yes. to get a backstory because you, you weren't instantly an entrepreneur. Well, sometimes yeah, a lot of people are instantly an entrepreneur the minute they're born, I believe. Oh, uh, very true. Yes. Some, some are. I wasn't. No, no. And then that's it. Some people, they, they realize that's what they're supposed to be doing and that's, uh, what ends up happening. I'm one of those people. I think I've always had some sort of entrepreneurial um, spirit in me, but then it wasn't until I was much, much older that I decided to do what I'm doing. But uh, I think with you, Joe, you've had a similar experience. So let's step back. Before you even became an entrepreneur yeah. and, and worked on what you're doing now, um, what was your life like, you know, just going through quickly from leaving High school. Did you go to university or anything like that? No. Years ago. Come on. No, no, no. I remember those days very well. I hated school with a passion. And Mm. so um, I remember when I was in year 10 at high school here in Perth and moving into year 11 and 12, the principal asked for a meeting with my parents, (laughs) as you do. You too. I thought it was a meeting to give me all my class schedule for the following year, but instead he said, we don't want her back. Mm. Um, Well, well, you bad girl. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Let me rephrase (laughs) that. Um, He said that it was very unlikely that I would uh, knuckle down and study and get great results for my exams. So there was no point me even doing the two years and no point my parents wasting all that money. So, uh, he said, thank you, but there's the door. Very nicely. And I was sitting What there. school? What school was this? Was this a private school? Yeah. Uh, hence the wasting money bit. I'm saying government schools, not much wasting money there, but what yeah. school? Come on, tell us what school it was. Sacred Heart in Sorrento. Oh, okay. So a good old Catholic school. 
Yeah, good old Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my parents were immediately thinking, yay, we've just saved, uh, well, maybe about $7,000 because this was about five years ago. Um, yeah. And there's me thinking, yay, I'm free. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, from then I actually went to business college in the city. I went to Olympia Business College. Good old um, Olympia. Lots of typing and uh, clerical stuff from memory. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I excelled at shorthand writing and I excelled at cheating on my typing test so that I walked out of there with about almost 60 words per minute. I could literally really only do about 32. Um, okay. Shorthand is a good skill, I think. I don't know whether it is today or not, but I think yeah. uh, taking okay. notes personally would probably be handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so after, after doing a year of business college, I then went in to work for Westpac. So I was there for only a couple of years. My first port of call, which was awesome, was in the international department as a foreign currency teller up in um, St. George's Terrace. Okay. So do, do, was, I, I don't normally ask people their age. I'm just curious because my sister worked there for many years. Um, but she's, you know, she's... She's older than you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to. Be, I'm trying to be delicate here. Um, okay, no, you don't know. She's she's turning sixty next week, so she's a lot older than you. Yes, yes, okay. a lot older than me. A lot All right, older. you went there at the same time. That's okay. Keep going. Okay, so worked for Westpac for a couple of years, and then I also started working at Burswood um, during my off hours because Burswood, uh, just as a waitress, was incredible money back then. Mm. So I saved up enough money to go off traveling, which I did for around about six months um, and then came home and uh, kind of fell into a relationship and started having family very, very early, which is, which was, which was good. It's what I wanted to do. Cool. Um, so fast forward a couple of years, uh, found myself living down in Denmark, down uh, south near Albany. Mm-hmm. And I've ended up, I've only recently moved from there. So I really, my home was there for around 20, 21 years, raised my three children down there. So that was a really great experience. Um, as life throws us curveballs, I found myself needing to remove myself from a um, not so good relationship. And yeah. so then I was basically raising my kids, my three kids on my own and doing whatever it took to bring income in and to be there for my kids. And I guess that's where a bit of my entrepreneurial journey started because I realized that if you own your own business and subcontract yourself out, uh, you pay a whole lot less tax. So that's what I focused on. And it also gave me that flexibility to fit in with the kids and attend sports days and only work school hours, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big job. Uh, I, you know, look, I have been a co-parent of one child, which was uh, challenging enough, and she was an easy child, and you know, it was a sort of 50-50 split partnership <laughs> in terms of you know raising her. Yeah. So, um, someone in your scenario with three kids, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of work. And yeah. a lot of juggling. A lot of juggling. A lot of juggling. So probably when things really started to turn serious was I was working for one of the wineries down there as an office admin and they said to me, hey, why don't you get your finance broker license because she was a finance broker mm-hmm. and come and work for us. So I thought that was a really great idea. And, I, you know, to be honest, I'm actually the type of person that gets bored really quickly. Right. So for me, that was great. Something new to focus on, something, a new skill to learn and to expand my knowledge and, um, you know, open up new horizons for my future. However, when I, I did my study and just after I qualified and got all my certification, about three months after that, the banks really started clamping down on no-doc and low-doc loans, even more than they have now. Right. So then what we found ourselves were was, you know, running all around the Great Southern, driving for hours and hours, visiting people, only to find that, um, uh, you know, we couldn't get the loans through. They either had a bad credit history right. or the fact that you could no longer get no-doc loans through. So yeah. it became a really, really tough market. Yeah. 
yeah, even even worse now. I know oh, yeah. a few people yeah. who've been in the game and it's the toughest they've ever seen it. Yeah, absolutely. So from then I, oh, so what happened was I was affiliated with a company here in Perth. I was in the Albany office and the, the big boss flew down one day and I thought, oh, he's not due to come for a visit. I wonder what this is all about. And he said to me that they were closing the Albany office because it just wasn't covering costs and that there was a job for me up in Perth. I just, and they would pay to relocate me. But at yeah. the time I still had two kids in school. And so I said, there's no way I'm even going to consider it. I'm not moving to Perth and, and, you know, moving the kids, etc. So I, well, I pretty much got retrenched in that situation. Um, then I had a really great idea. I was in a relationship with somebody and we decided to buy a restaurant down there and open up a restaurant. That's a great idea, Joe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're just <laughs> going to manage it and all the staff are going to do the work and you're going to have all the shifts covered and you're going to have amazing chefs. Yeah. So yeah. that was me That's covering the shifts. My equivalent of a nightmare. <laughs> it, was, it, it was worse than you could possibly imagine. Oh, my. So... We did the restaurant so well. Um, we had people driving from Perth just to come down for the weekend to eat at the restaurant. It was awesome. popular. We had. What was the name of it? I may have even eaten there. It was called the Healthy Buddha Bar. Oh, that's right. The Healthy Buddha Bar. Yes. I'm pretty sure I've been down there. Really? I, I, yeah, yeah. I know that because we used to go down south like two or three times a year. All right. Uh, always down. It was in, um, in Denmark. Yep, it was yeah. in an old haunted house just two streets back from the main street. Yeah, it, it rings a bell. Anyway, sorry, continue. Okay. I'm sure there's people who are listening to this who have been there. <laughs> so um, we, we had the capacity, hope the Denmark Shire aren't watching this, but we had the capacity for about 36 seats. Mm -hmm. um, and we used to pack that place 110, 120 people for dinner. That's um, huge. Yeah, yeah. When I say popular, it was popular. But that took a very heavy toll on my personal health, my mental health, and I got to the point with staff issues, continual staff issues. Um, now, the, the guys down in Denmark that helped us out and worked for us, they were amazing, but we, could, we couldn't have enough staff. And anybody that came down from Perth, they would only stay for a week or two and then they'd quit and go back to Perth. So, yeah. We ended up closing it uh, because basically I said, I'm walking away, uh, so you can have this or you can decide what you want to do. I'm off to Tasmania. As you so, do. As I do, yes. At the time, my son was living in Tassie and the following year he was going to be doing year 11 and 12 of school. So I decided I'm going to move to Tasmania for those two years and be there and support him through you know, that transition phase from school kid a big adult man. Mm. So I found myself in Tassie and funny enough, um, I was applying for jobs. I knew the work situation in Devonport was horrific. I didn't understand how horrific it actually was. Uh, and I couldn't even get an interview to work at the reject shop. So right. <laughs> that's discouraging. That's discouraging. <laughs> no yeah. interview at the reject shop for Joe. <laughs> I was rejected by the region. That tests your spirit, doesn't it? Yeah. Dear the idea. funny thing was I didn't want a job. You know, I at that point I was totally unemployable because I had worked my own hours for so many so many years. Yeah. And I loved the freedom. So I happened to be uh, you know, I was doing a bit of research. There was a whole trend around working online and creating businesses, etc. And I was on Facebook and a friend of mine dropped a link to um, watch a webinar that went for two hours, but I uh, just had this incredible feeling that this was, this was it. This is what I was able to do. And I didn't need to go for any more um, job applications at, in, in places in Tassie. And I whipped out my credit card and paid 2000 US dollars before the webinar was over. And that began my journey in with affiliate marketing. Okay. Can you tell us what the webinar was and what you spent the two grand on? Okay. It was a webinar that showed what affiliate marketing model was. Mm -hmm. So where you basically you buy a license or you buy the rights to promote somebody else's products. Mm -hmm. 
you promote it, you can brand yourself inside of the platform, build your own website, and you get a commission for every sale that you make. So it's white labeled, basically. I guess, yeah. 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 That was so, a fairly common thing. It still is, but what, what year was that, Joe? That was, um, what are we? Uh, that was 2013. So we're going okay. back five and a half years. Right. And so I fell into this and I absolutely found my passion. I loved it. Um, I loved the learning. I loved, um, you know, all aspects of it. There was no way you could get bored uh, by doing this type of business. So, um, and then a few months into that, there was a uh, mastermind event happening in Fiji and I decided I wanted to go over and learn all I could. So I jumped in with about another 20,000 US dollars spent. Whoa, and, that's some serious coin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not that I had that. That was on, we were able to pay that off over 12 months. Okay. And who, who was it? You haven't said who this affiliate program, are you happy to share who it was? Yeah, this is with Mo, with Matt Lloyd, my online business empire. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm with yeah. you. Yep. Keep going. <laughs> So there I was in Fiji and I just, yeah, I just, this, I found my passion. I found my dream job and I found a way I could earn income and have that flexibility and travel the world. And so began my journey. Now, um, the whole crux of my business from where I am now and the reason why I am where I am now is because while I was paying off that 20,000 US purchase, which was about 32 Aussie back then, yeah, I had very little money uh, to pay rent and food and living expenses, let alone any money for paid marketing. So I had to find a way to make the business work to generate sales without running Facebook ads. And that is exactly what I managed to do. So I learned how to... Uh, connect with people on Facebook, how to find out exactly what they need. So ask them very specific questions mm -hmm. and then offer them a solution, but not until I had built a relationship with that person um, and generated sales. So after about month three or four, I was doing really well. I was doing one platinum sale, minimum one platinum sale a month, which was 10,000 US uh, commission back to me. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything was going really great doing that. And I just kept doing what I learned how to do. There was, even though I had income coming in and I was able to dabble around with Facebook ads, there was really no need for me to do it because the strategy I came up with worked every single time. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, around about a year after doing that, I and traveling the world, that year I went to Fiji, Mexico. Uh, the following year, I went to Costa Rica for three months. That cost me about another 30,000 US dollars just to go over and, and work with those leaders for, for, um, for that amount of time. Um, people started asking me how I was getting great results and asked me to show them. So I just started showing people. I started teaching them what I was doing. I created a Facebook group, popped everyone in there, and I just shared my strategy and other people started getting results as well. Okay, and you were just doing that from your your good heart. You weren't charging. No, okay, okay, no, no. just checking. Yeah, but um, then the number of people that wanted help just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I decided to, and and another key thing as well, you know, there's a very high percentage of people who want help for free, but yes. there's also a very high percentage of those people who. I'm not doing, not prepared to put in the time and the effort to get the results. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I also, um, one of those conventions, one of those masterminds, I was able to sit down and spend some time with Vince Reed. You've probably heard of Vince Reed. Uh, no, don't know who Vince Reed is. Do okay. you, Brendan? No, I can't say I do. Please so explain. Vince, <laughs> Vince Reed, Dagan Smith. Uh, all of these guys flew out from the US to attend these masterminds. And these were really, really big marketers in the time, like Mark Hoverson, um, Ray, Sh Ray Sugarman, the blue blocker guy. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. The blue blocker okay. sunglasses guy. Yep. Yep. So we're talking this caliber. Mm -hmm. And 
Vince went on to create Mets, my online traffic system, I think it was called. Right. We're talking millions per year in generated business. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a piece of advice. And he said to me this day, I've actually got a photo of him and I with this, having this exact conversation. And he said to me, you have very specific skills and you have a very specific drive and ambition. So don't be the miner mining for gold. Instead, be the store owner that, that owns all of the tools that the miners need. Yeah. You be the store owner, sell the, the picks and the shovels. Yeah, that was the, the, the people who made the most money in those uh, scenarios were typically those people. Yeah. Not the gold miners. Exactly. Very and true. That was probably the my biggest light bulb moment that I've had in my business history. Yeah. So from that point on, I think I started charging maybe $50 a month to be coached by me. Uh, and again, that grew and grew and grew to the point where I was charging about $500 a month to be inside my premium Facebook group. And I started creating online courses. So, mm -hmm. you know, the model of having that residual income coming in where you're able to offer people entry into an online membership area. Yeah. Uh, and then help them bring them on board as a premium client, whereas you've got, you know, a couple of hundred people going through your program and it alleviates a lot of that time. So It's a, it's a really good business model, actually. It's one yes. that uh, a lot of people try to duplicate. So Yes. So that's really been my passion. My passion's been about helping people on an individual basis. Um, I'm really passionate about building online programs. Um, you know, as Instagram got bigger, I just created a little Instagram program, pop some modules in a member's area and sell that for $67. Mm -hmm. So always had these different income streams coming in. Yep. And that's really how I got to where I am now. So um, working one-on-one -on -one with clients, um, but that's that's the whole basis of the journey. Yeah, and and you had some challenging times, and one of the things you share uh, in your some of your live presentations that I've been to, yeah, is the um, the bones of your bum bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. the, the the living out of your car for a little while, that was a, a challenging time. Do you mind sharing how that all came about? Sure. And, you know, what I want to point out is that every business owner has challenges and every business owner has um, plateaus and moments of despair. Um, of course. And in order to get through those moments, you've really just got to trust in the process and trust in yourself. But... Um, yeah, a few years ago, I found myself living in Thailand. Uh, I was going over for three months. I ended up being over there for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, the pivotal moment I've in that, I guess, is breaking up out of that relationship while I was in Thailand and he was still here in Australia. Um, and having, having some, uh, you know, communication challenges to the point where he decided to... Um, basically described me in a very untruthful way across all of my YouTube videos one night while I was asleep. So awesome. what happened was, <laughs> and it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Cheers. But, you know, I actually did a, a video about this this morning and the message or the lesson that I learned from all of my challenges is that the universe gives you exactly what you need, not necessarily what you want. Mm. So while this was an absolutely devastating moment in my life and in my business, and I found myself in Thailand with no business, the coaching clients had all done a runner because nobody wants to get involved in uh, dramas between two people. Um, and so I decided to come back to Australia, but I was absolutely stone broke. So I had tenants living in my house in Denmark, so I had nowhere to live. I was sleeping on the couch of my girlfriend's parents' place in her dad's study in the fold-out couch. And I was halfway between Denmark and Albany where there's no phone reception, let alone internet. Uh. And the thing is that while everyone was telling me to get a job, um, I knew that I had everything in my, in my mind, in my, my own little university, that I could make 
it worked. I trusted that I had everything I needed to change things around and to rebuild my business. And so that's what I started doing just one day after another after another. So at that time, I didn't even have transport because my car had been in uh, storage while I was in Thailand and I let the registration lapse because I had been away for so long. Yeah. So I had to come up with uh, $1,000 really quick to put my car back on the road. Once I did that, then I had a roof over my head. So what I was doing was living out of my car and I would drive 30 kilometers into Denmark to use the community center internet uh, for, uh, you know, those six hours during the day it was open. And then what I would do was um, the local tavern, and this is in the bones of winter in Denmark when it's freezing cold. Yeah, cold. cold Freeze cold, the cold. balls of a brass monkey, as I would say. Yep. So once the community centre closed at four o'clock, I'd, I'd jump in my car, go over to the tavern a few kilometres away and sit next to the hot roaring fire with the free internet and free soda water and I would just bust out another hour, hour and a half of work. Awesome. And this is how I learnt to create an online program and to create a funnel where you would give value to people. You would say, hey... Um, I created a 10-day business booster program so people would come into a Facebook group for 10 days mm -hmm. and I would just give value every single day. So live videos, uh, coach for free mm -hmm. for an hour every single day for 10 days. Awesome. The back end of that was an online program that I then offered them the opportunity to come into. And so this is how I just started one person at a time, two people at a time to the point where I had, 65, 75 people going through the online program that I built that I was, that actually only went for six, six weeks after the initial program. Right. Okay. And I, it just, it started working and I just repeated it over and over. Um, so I got to the point where all of my financials were all sorted. Um, and then at that point, you know, I made a, a decision that as much as I loved helping people through the lens and prior to this most of my business was well in fact all of my business was global and I would be you know sitting in wherever and they would be sitting thousands of miles away yeah I realized that what I love doing the most is helping people face to face yeah okay so where I had been completely global and I had never met any of my clients, now all I wanted to do was meet and build a relationship and spend time with every single client. And I know now there's probably listeners going, why are you crazy? One-to-one, -one, you can't scale that, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I get that. I totally understand that. However, for me to wake up every day with a smile on my face and just think I'm so blessed and so grateful and humble, I get to do what I do what I want to do every single day and that happens to be sitting down face to face with people and helping them with their business. So that's what I do. Fantastic. And that was where uh, this comes as a good segue into using the meetups platform Absolutely. To, to get in front of more people. So when yep. did you start thinking, aha, this meetups thing, I could use this. What, what year was it that you, you got onto meetups? Okay. So this is, uh, this is only last year. Mm -hmm. So January last year, 2017, I moved to Perth because there weren't enough people to, in, in the Great Southern, I guess, who were committed and had the funds to build their business and had goals that they want to achieve. Okay. So I needed to find people who were really hungry for results and, and decided to move to Perth. Uh, fast forward to July, I threw an invitation. I attended my first meetup as a guest mm -hmm. and I was just blown away. Okay. So, and what particular was it that blew you away? What blew me away was a room full of uh, business owners of all different types of business models. Mm -hmm. They were interacting. They were engaging in the presentation. They were networking amongst themselves. They were putting up their hand and asking questions. And for me, that was it. It was like, oh, my God, I had people who were hungry for information 
and I have all this information and that just gets me going. Yeah. It, so, it is an, it's an amazing thing and I'm a firm believer if you can think it, you can make it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that is you have an idea or a thought, I'm going to do X or I'm going to create a course on this or that. Uh, and of course, obviously, you have to follow through and produce the course. You can't just stay an idea in your head, which is what happens with most people. Yeah. And and I often look at things that you know that I'm doing, and I go, "Wow, that was just a thought in my head two yeah. weeks ago." Now I'm yeah. actually running a workshop on how to do podcasting. Um, and it was just from taking it from the thought to the actual action. Yeah. So, yeah, that's amazing. And you, so you had all these people you were getting exposed to. So what happened from that point? So uh, I attended a second meetup. I thought, well, you know, if that's great, that's, that's, let's just see if this is actually what I think it is. So I attended mm -hmm. a second and a third meetup um, and it was exactly the same. So I remember from my third meetup, uh, it was actually at my friend Samith's place and he was selling his book to people who were in the room and there was a line of people with their cards out waiting to pay $20 to buy his book from him. Fantastic. So, yeah. Three key components, right? People who are passionate, people who ask for help and are committed to getting results, and people who are prepared to um, put invest in themselves in their business in order to get where they want to go. Great. Yeah. So I left that meetup. I went straight to Officeworks. I bought my own little square reader. My brain was going like this. I don't think I slept for like a week, and I, I had my mission – I had my goal and I had a tribe. And so that's how it all came about. Fantastic. Now, I've just learned something there. I didn't realize you could get, so for those who don't know, you're talking about the Square. Uh, they're called Square. It's the brand name, the company name, the credit card reader that you just plug into your smartphone and you can take credit card. Okay. I didn't realize you could get those from Officeworks. Yes. Yes. So you, yes. So you just go to Officeworks and buy one and then what you go and sign up online for the account and then you can start accepting credit card payments. No, it's all done through a phone app. So you download okay. the app and then create your account in there and off you go. You're good to go. And that's it. There's, I mean, so you're basically up and running in, what, 15 minutes? Yep. And yep. you don't have to go through any approvals or you can just start taking money? Start that's taking money. Cool. Yeah. And does it cost, to, I'm assuming it costs to buy the dongle, the little plug-in? Yeah, the little square reader itself is about $59. There are two models there. Um, make sure you buy the $59 one because that also includes a little swipe card reader jack that you can put into your phone. Right, okay. Um, and Good no, tip. yeah, yeah. You, um, you literally open your account on the app. Now, you don't even need the card reader. You don't even need the little, the little swipe box thingy. You can just use your app on your phone. Oh, it, just to input the credit card number. Okay, so, but that yeah. just makes it more simple and time less time consuming yeah yeah cool so that's a good pay tip pass, pay pass with the or tap and go with the little with the little reader that runs off wi-fi if you don't yep. have that you can enter the card numbers manually you don't even need the rest of the equipment with you yeah it's great i, mean, I know they've been around for a few years now but i just you occasionally see people using them at markets and things like that i yeah. think it's just it's great for small businesses um yes. so oh, that's a good tip oh. that was that was a good one for a lot of people who are thinking of of doing that sort of stuff. So yeah, so you, you got that and um, that, off and running. Off and running. So I um, then sat down and spent some time identifying, you know, I listened to the questions that people were asking and I identified um, a skill set that I had that other people were wanting. And so began my meetup called Master Facebook Marketing for any product, offer or service. Okay, and you've had a lot of those you've run. You've done Ooh. 37 or something meetups in the last 12 months or more than that? Uh, that was probably in the, those six months, six oh, to no. eight months. Uh, okay. Over 50 now. Over 50, okay. That's, yeah. that's a lot of meetups. Yes, yes. Well, it's similar to your story. So I started the meetup. I, uh, you know, meetup announced your, your event for you organically so you've got yeah. access to thousands of people in your location who are wanting help with a specific topic or or skill set that you have mm. and i had um i had to do the rsvp list as well and and cap my meetups because 
I was having too many people wanting to come along and my lounge room was absolutely full. Yeah, I've got that same hassle. Um, <laughs> so there's some tips to learn about when you're promoting on Meetup and on Facebook events and on Eventbrite all at the same time and you only have room for 12 people and you end up with 20 plus like I've got. They're going to be it. shoehorned in the uh, the office on Friday. So, <laughs> But that's all right. And people keep still signing up for them going, oh, how do I stop this? <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's yeah. a good problem. There'll be, obviously, there's going to be some people and as you know, with, with any event where people aren't paying, even when it's a, a low-cost event and Brendan and I have experienced this a lot with workshops so people just don't turn up. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a slightly cloudy day outside or you know, some, yes. something's happened that they don't feel well. I mean, I understand people have their reasons. Yeah. But you yeah. need to, to, to keep them motivated. But this Absolutely. is one of, one of the things with the meetup that you've mentioned, which I thought was pretty, uh, not, not extreme, that's not the right word, but um, dedicated is probably the better word, is that you would phone each person. Is it each person who said they were coming to the meetup to introduce yourself and chat to them? Is that what you would do? No, what I would do was um, when people attended my meetup, I would uh, hand out a form, just a simple piece of paper, and mm -hmm. ask them for their name, email, and phone number. Yeah. And okay. what I would do at the end of the meetup was I would do the presentation. Um, I learned how to use Google Slides, which is an amazing tool to use for it is. a presentation. And it's a funny story because you we were presenting <laughs> at our Netpreneur Summit that a few people in Perth had turned up to yeah. uh, um, just three weeks ago now. Yeah. And uh, you, everyone who turned up who was doing presentations was using PowerPoint. And you turned up and you said, I'm using Google Slides. And I, I went, well, no, I, lit, I had honestly not heard of Google Slides, right? Um, yeah. Google's got like a million different products that they you know they typically will take and call their own or copy or uh and i hadn't heard of heard of google slides and you thought i was taking the piss i did um, i did and uh, you know the look on my face was like i really i really haven't heard of google slides um but after i think i sort of had but i'd forgotten about it but i wasn't familiar with it at all yeah. but now i'm using it and it was awesome. really cool because for those who haven't used google slides it's free to use and it's basically like powerpoint or better uh, than yeah, yeah, better. But what was amazing was I, as soon as I opened up Facebook, um, sorry, Google Slides, it pulled in, and I'm still trying to work out, must have been off my Google Drive that I had all these. It has found every single presentation that I've done in the history yeah. of my life, Yeah. pulled it all into Google Slides, converted it all, and it's all working just like it would in, in uh, PowerPoint. I'm going, oh, this is fantastic. Because I, I, I looked at a lot of them and go, shit, I don't even remember that I did that one. Like, there was, you know, over the last 10 years, I've done a, a lot of them. Yeah. And I was going, oh, this is good. I can use this one with some updates and some tweaks. I've got, like, I've yeah. got, like, 20 presentations I can do now that I don't even oh. really have to do a lot of work for, just up, updating yeah. the, the content. And they're all, it's all there, ready to go. So, anyway, yeah. sorry, sidetrack on Google Slides. Oh, you know, I remember going to a meetup and it was in an office situation and they had an awesome, um, like, you know, one of those big Apple Mac screens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like big jumbo ones. And they were doing a presentation off there and I was watching and I was thinking, oh, I really want to do that type of thing, but I don't have the funds for a big screen. What am I going to use? And I turn around, look behind me and there's my TV sitting there. And I went, yeah, aha. Yeah. $5 HDMI cable. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 awesome, easy, quick. Yeah. quick. And that so, kind of thing, you know, it, it's only, okay, it might take you a little bit extra to, to put a, a presentation together, but when you are giving value, not only in terms of content, but also in the experience of the people who attend the meetup, and then you've got your presentation, you know, showing up on your kick-ass big-size TV, it's just sometimes those little things that you can do when you think outside the box. They don't cost a lot of money to, to set up. Mm -hmm. Once you've done it once, then you just keep rolling with it. And, and that can be the point of difference between your meetup and somebody else's meetup. Yeah, true. And, and getting people following and coming back. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a, that was a good tip uh, about getting people to obviously voluntarily handing over their 
their contact details because that ah, is yeah, available right. in, in Meetup. Because that, yeah, we, we did a bit of a, a loop out of that, and that was my yeah. fault. I got excited when you started talking about the slides. <laughs> so, okay. uh, so yeah, so you you get people to put down their contact details, and then uh, do you add them to a database, or you just what do you do with the details once you've got them? So what I, I haven't actually done anything with the email addresses because um, I think there's a, in the terms of services that you need to state that you're not going to email them out any marketing material. This is on, on Meetup's terms of service? Yeah. 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 Yep. However, what I did do was at the end of each presentation, I offered to meet with people one-on-one -on -one to find out more about them, what their needs were and how I could help them in their business. Now, Initially, this started out for me as a way to find more, find out more about my ideal client, find out where the gap was in the marketplace so that I could then turn around and do a presentation on that the next week. However, what started happening was I would sit down with people um, and this is another really key thing that I, that I teach people that I've done all through my business. When I sit down with somebody, I treat them as if they're my highest paying client. Yeah. So I don't hold back on any information. I don't say to them, oh, I can give you access to that inside my program, like just doing a big pitch or seed. Mm. So what I found was that about the time we've nearly finished our coffee, they would always say to me, can you help me? Can you coach me? What does it look like to work with you? And yeah. I was blown away absolutely blown away because I wasn't expecting that whatsoever. Reciprocity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yes. that kept happening time after time. So in terms of somebody who's watching this, who wants to know their numbers and they're a statistic kind of person, statistic, not sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So if I ran a meetup and let's say 25 people attended, uh, when I put the offer out for a free coffee catch-up, I would probably get uh, just under 10 people take me up on that offer. That's 10. a good ratio still. That's pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, I, they would then walk up to where they put their information on the form, just put a tick next to their name for me to call them. So we Brilliant. would have a coffee catch-up and then I was having an 80% conversion rate into my $5,000 12-month mentoring program okay cool so out of 10 people that would that i would meet with eight of them would come into the program and that's how i made the six figures in the six months yeah that's that's amazing and that was something we hadn't even mentioned is that yeah. is one of that is one of the, the the meetup subjects that you talk about is how to make six figure income in six months absolutely and a lot of people may be listening to this and going it sounds too oversimplistic and yeah. well, yes, that's, I think people complicate things way too often. Yeah. Um, but also this takes a bit of hustle and groundwork and turning up. And I think in the, in the, this era of digital, everyone wants everything just to happen digital. Yeah. Um, but they're forgetting that people are craving the human interaction. Yes. I mean, what we're doing now is all great. You know, you know, we can see each other on the screen and people will, will be watching this, but it's still digital. And yeah. you, you read people completely differently when you're sitting down with them in person. Uh, and there's that, there's a whole indescribable bond that happens that you can't get over this scenario. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, yes, webinars are great things like that. And people hand over money left, right and center on, on webinars. Yeah. But I think that is the ultimate connection point is that face to face. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. Um, while the meetup platform, and I'm pretty sure they've just changed their uh, charges and their pricing, it's still not a great, huge, expensive outlay. But no, no, it's not. It used to be 15 US dollars a month. So that was literally all I paid for. Google Slides was free. Well, I guess that and my internet. Yeah. Um, very little outcome, outgoings that I need to needed to pay for in order to have this funnel working. But... It was a seven-day-a-week um, in terms of what it took from my time, mm -hmm. seven days a week for, I would say, the first four months of my time. So 
if you want to if you want a shortcut way to get this done it's not going to happen you need to put in the blood sweat and the tears yeah um, you need to change up your presentations have a different topic every week you can also bring in other presenters but still be seen as that person of authority and giving um, value to your customer base mm-hmm. but i would have traveled maybe 30, 40,000 kilometers during those six months in going to all of the meetups. Now, I would go to Pinjara, I would go to Midland, and I would go up to Queen's Rocks. If you're not prepared to do that, you're not going to get the same results. But that one thing where I said, yes, sure, wherever you are, I will come to you, can be that point of difference. So just to be clear, the ones that you were going to, were they ones that you were attending as a guest or ones that you were actually running yourself? or combination of those two and also doing the coffee individual catch-ups with people? The travelling ones? Yeah. Oh, no, they were the coffee catch-ups. Okay, so that was where you would say, I'll meet up with you. So you wouldn't get them to come to you, you would go, you would go to them. Okay, Not cool. Least, remember that I was in a position where I didn't know my if I had rent money next month. Yeah. Um. I still had loads and loads and loads of personal debt that I needed to sort out. I had to make it work or I had to get a job. They were my only two choices. So what would I rather do? Be at Centrelink applying for New Start and um, filling in hours and hours worth of online applications or jumping in my car, spending 45 minutes, you know, travelling down the coast, a beautiful sunny day like today sitting down, having a coffee with someone, doing my customer base research, my market research, um, finding out what people really needed. And the one common denominator that that most people would reply back to me was they wanted to sit down with someone face-to-face. Now, loads of guys from over east come over to WA and that's great. And by no means am I showcasing myself into their caliber whatsoever. However, when you purchase, when you spend a lot of money, like $5,000 mm. to attend an event over East, you're in a room with a minimum of 200 other people. You definitely, yeah. So the one point of difference I had was that I was accessible, that I would sit down with them over a, over a coffee and that I took the time to call them and I took the time to meet up with them personally. And that's how I built my business, my audience and my tribe here in Perth. Yeah, fantastic. And that's the exciting thing is the fact of the matter is we will have this podcast go out. A lot of people will listen to this and go, oh, that's great. That sounds like a good idea. And maybe 1% will go and do it. So there's, yeah. there's a huge opportunity in this actual space to, to actually make things happen, happen and, um, and do it. But most yeah. people won't. So. No, they won't. They won't. No, no. So it's exciting. I'm. Yes. It's a bit. Love it. <laughs> so, Love Bren- Brendan, you've been very, very quiet because I have. I've been listening. You've been, listening. you've been listening. Brendan's going to rush out and do this tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Brendan already has too many things on his to-do list that he doesn't have time to do. <laughs> Look, I can see a whiteboard. I can see plenty of room in there for a couple of chairs in that room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's not. It's going to happen, is it, Brendan? It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I'm so, trying to do less, Ed, not more. You, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it takes more to, to get less. But, you know, Brendan's a digital man in a digital world, aren't you, Brendan? As long as that's what you're passionate about, then that's it. That's all I, that matters. Yeah, I'm a bit of both. I mean, I like the digital stuff, but I like my time out with the humans as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I do a lot of networking and and that sort of stuff, which is what brings in a lot of our clients. Uh Uh-huh. But at the same time, after I've had the human contact, I'm very happy to come back to my space. Yeah. Uh, Lois and Sasha and I are all like that. We're ultimately really introverts Ah. with with, uh, moments of being extroverts. And a lot of people we we tell we're introverts go, really? That struck me. I uh, know we are like if all three of us go out to something together, we yeah. come back and we scatter like cockroaches to the different corners of the house just to have <laughs> our own space. Not because we're sick of each other or we just 
we've got to come back and just decompress and you be you Ed. just be you i'm going to joe i don't care what you say <laughs> so <laughs> now we, we've been talking for i think uh probably about 45 minutes or so yep. so at that time we, we we finished up i think um but quickly wanted to mention, because this is a big topic what we're going to be talking about now, and this, this is where a huge amount of people uh, can take advantage of it. And this is sort of like almost the polar opposite of what we've just been talking about. Yes, and yes. I, think, I think this is where they, they feed into one, other, one another, and that is online course creation. Yeah. So, yeah. so people who are listening to this, we've been talking about very physical turn-up stuff, right? Fairly time-consuming, as you said, it can involve driving around, doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. But that being said, a lot of those people who get exposed to you doing that then can become customers for what we're talking about now, which is creating online courses. And that is something you're getting into, and we're actually getting into a lot of as well. Awesome. In 2019, Lois and I are producing a lot of uh, courses. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. spilled the beans on a couple of topics. I'm really excited on, on what you're going to be covering. Thank you, thank you. So, But it's not about me, it's about you. So let's talk about what you're going to be doing in terms of your upcoming 2019 courses. What's happening? Okay, so um, as I said, over my journey, five and a half years, I've always loved creating courses, um, whether that is hosting them in a little Facebook group or um, hosting them in a designated members area. Obviously, my coaching program that I was promoting up through the Meetup platform, you know, there's, there was 80% aspect of that was actually online. Yeah. And so um, what I've what I love doing as well, as I said, creating the online program. So that's a, that's a funnel I'm going to focus in uh, moving forward from here, because I know that a lot of people, even it doesn't matter what services they're offering or what they're coaching in, they they miss the point of either having that lead-in opportunity for a potential client. So yeah. If you, for example, have a have any type of program or system that is over five thousand dollars or more for twelve months, you've got to have a, a you've got to bridge the gap so that the person can have a little bit of taste of what it is that you're offering, how you can help them, and start building that relationship in order to move them forward into more of a premium type of client. Yeah. So I'm going to be running a series where I'm going to be educating business owners who feel that. Oh, I need a studio. I need a cameraman. I need a whole editing suite. I need a green screen. I need all of this stuff. And I need to look professional in order to do this. Oh, look, that's all way too hard. I'll do nothing. I'm going to let Common. them know yeah. how that's not actually the case. And I'm cool. going to assist them in creating their online program. Again, often they don't know even where to start. Yeah. And teach them how to over-deliver value to the marketplace, uh, build in another residual income stream coming into their business, and then the different platforms you can use to promote that as you build out your back-end offer or service, which is more closely to a one-on-one -on -one situation. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, and the thing is, you can tailor that to do whatever you want. I mean, uh, you could have it so that you, you're getting... Uh, coaching clients, consulting clients, management clients. Yep. A lot of the stuff that Brendan and I have been doing over the years has been managing uh, uh, search engine optimization campaigns, ad advertising campaigns, Google, Facebook, etc. Yeah. So there's all sorts of different ways you can get people into the funnel using the yep. courses. But it is true, uh, and Lois has just been recording over the weekend some some final. Um, modules for her course that she's got and we, we're getting that all set up through the teachable uh, platform okay um i'm not sure what you you, you use it's, it's, there's a few different ones out there but teachables are pretty a pretty common one yeah and popular yep. so uh but but it there's things to learn and there's a lot of people get put off yes. by as you say all those things that seems very overwhelming yeah and this is where I think the personal hand-holding coaching is critical to get people to the point where they're going to then go, oh, this isn't actually as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And then yeah. it's rinse, repeat. 
Yes, absolutely. The key, the key thing that you, you touched on, Ed, is um, there are loads of courses out there that will teach you how to create an online program. There's loads of courses that you can buy from you know, very small investment that'll teach you how to set up your own little studio, what camera equipment to use, for example. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to focus on helping that business owner put the online program together. Yeah. And to offer that value to their client first before we get to the part of doing the recording. So strategizing what their business model is, who their tribe is, who they're best to help and how they're going to help them. And then, and then helping them to set out the modules, what's going to be in each module, teaching them that, you know, how to create PDFs that are shareable. Um, and so when when they're first starting out, you don't even need a membership area. You can host this inside of a Facebook group or a couple of other different ways. You can send it out in email. Send them out little video series yeah. emails if you want yep. to. Yep, for sure. But the, the, the biggest reason why they don't start is because they don't know what to create or what the content needs to be. So that's the main area that we're going to be mm -hmm. focusing on. Great. Awesome. Very, very cool. Well, I'm sure we'll hear more about what, that is from you in the ensuing months and definitely um, we can update uh, the uh, podcast content uh, in terms of the show notes if you've got any other links in the future for workshops you're running great so, thank you so brendan anything you would like to ask joe at this moment in time before we finish up not really you covered a lot so that was quite interesting that's why I said at the beginning, oh, only 30 minutes. <laughs> well, that was an estimate. You asked for an estimate of how long. Um, we, we don't have any specific. A lot of podcasts do. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, don't, I don't believe in it. I mean, I'm a follower of the Tim Ferriss show and he goes, sometimes he goes for an hour and a half. Yeah, right. Well, sometimes it's 20 minutes. So he's all over the shop, but it is what it is. Yeah. And look, people can get on their podcast player and hit pause if they go oh, 20 minutes is all I've got time for while they're out, you know, driving yep. the car or exercising, whatever. And then yep. they can come back. It's you, you choose how long you want to watch or listen to things for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, while you're doing the dishes, put your headphones on, listen yeah. to really ramble and get some insight while you're doing the dishes. Yeah. Or, and then or you come back and pick up from where it left off. It knows, it knows where you were. So it's really, I, I think it's a bit of a moot point. The actual, time that people say you should only do a podcast for 30 minutes or yeah never going to please anyone so you know to some people it's not long enough and other people it's too short yeah yeah so it, is what it, it is what it is so look uh thank you very much for coming on and sharing your content and information and story with us joe it's been You're fantastic very welcome. and thank you so much for the invitation very very grateful to have this opportunity to share my story so that other people who are in a similar situation you know, I'm gonna, I know they hear if I can do it, you can do it as well. But honestly, yeah. to come from, you know, from where I have, you absolutely can. So I'm very humbled uh, to be on the podcast. Thank you so much, Ed. Our pleasure. Thanks. And for Brendan. Sorry, you've been so silent. I forgot you were there. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan he's, he's, he's contemplating. I am. I'm actually just thinking like for anybody doing sales, like a very traditional sales role, outbound sales, the meetup platform would be very useful because you can kind of, you know, instead of particularly people like cold calling or, or something like that, you know, it's, you know, an, a way to turn outbound into inbound potentially. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh -huh. Use the tools and platforms that, that are there to your advantage. Yes. Uh, yes. And as long as you do it in a, in a manner, and this is, I'm a big follower of, of Gary Vaynerchuk and he's always constantly promoting value, value, value. Yeah. You know, this is people are too, um, too quick to try and make sales. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you're providing awesome content and value to people, that will be the byproduct of that. But you yeah. can't have that as the main forefront of, of, of it in that, in this sort of process anyway. No. Different story to e-commerce, and that's an, that's another subject we're talking oh. about. Oh, you yeah. know, people are looking for something to buy. They go on the store, they see it, they they maybe do some price comparisons, and they click buy and they buy it. But it's, we're not we're talking about human interaction, um, 
related stuff here. It's a, it's a yeah. very di different subject. Old school relationship building where you could walk down the road to the corner store and have a five minute chat, buy your newspaper and milk. That's, that's business moving forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Completely agree. Awesome. Thank you, Joe. Now um, we'll, we'll finish up here. You and I are going to be talking further uh, when we finished here. So don't, don't disappear on us. Okay. Uh, thanks, Brendan. All right. And, thanks, um, thanks, thanks, Brendan. You. Lovely to meet you. You too. And, and thanks, you guys, for, for listening uh, to the podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for Bye. now. You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher.